Okay, we are on episode five. And on this episode, we're talking about does door knocking actually work? What kind of fees you can be looking at for your wholesale deals, and what else? Uh, what what to do if you can't get the seller down to your price, negotiation techniques. And then, aside from real estate, what is our favorite food? Yeah, that's going to be my favorite one. I can't wait to answer that question. You guys are going <laughs> to probably agree with me on that one. And we'll also throw in a little geek, st geek stuff in there with some Star Wars. So, watch the whole thing. Watch the whole thing. Especially 
Texas. It's special. Don't, don't mess with my football. I will not. Actually, no. I'm a pretty nice guy. I might even invite you in to watch the game. So, uh, but yeah, so door knocking does work. You just got to plan it strategically. Like I said, you got to go in the, in the best times. And then you have to uh, you have to plan your route. You don't want to be walking all over the place. Just a little so four or five times. Exactly. So, well, see, the only thing I would add to that is, I think I've told you about it before. Like right now with the time change, it gets dark like by six. And if it's dark outside, people are gonna be like, why are you knocking on my door? It's so freaking late. But when it's really only like six thirty. But at the same time, like he was saying, to plan your time. I think I think even with the time change coming earlier, would make it a little bit different. Just, but the thing is, you gotta, you gotta have, yeah, you gotta make that money, right? You gotta, but and you're going out there, and those were, I was getting paid a hundred dollars a deal there. So wait, real quick tip then. So if somebody's going to knock on uh, some doors from a real estate standpoint, they're trying to get a get a lead out. What's like one good tip for somebody, maybe along the lines of like keeping their attention, or like how to phrase what you're trying to get, or like how can you increase your success rate? What's one good tip? Uh, be confident. Uh, be confident. Always, even don't if you be don't that really, anymore. yeah, exactly. Even if you don't really know what you're doing, you're just getting started out. If you act like you know what you're doing, they're more open to conversation. If you, if you're there, super nervous. Hey, I'm sorry to bother you. I know it's really late, or I know it's dark, or whatever. Just go out there like it's a normal day for you. Hey, you know what? I was driving around, and uh, I really like this neighborhood. I'm an investor. Uh, do you or anybody you know have a property that they're interested in selling in this area or really anywhere? Didn't you mention that when you're walking up to a house just from like their, like the way they have their front door and maybe like their lawn furniture and something like that, you would yes. kind of get a picture of who they were and you're like, oh, I'm totally selling this person? Yeah, so there were there were some tips and tricks that you learned, like uh, depending, on which, if, depending on what car is home, if there's any cars. Uh, depending on which side the car that is home is parked, you can tell if the decision maker is there. Usually, the decision maker is the car parked closest to the door. Yeah, or like what if you park in the middle? Because I park in the middle. <laughs> well, yeah, but you make again, decisions but, half of the time. But you're but you're the decision maker at your home, right? Yeah. And you're the only one that lives there, so therefore you park in the middle. <laughs> but if it's like a home family, driveway. but if it's I like a family, room for guests. the one who make yeah, there you go. <laughs> and y'all gotta park on the street. But, um, or like people who buy red cars, blue cars, like bright colored cars or uh, off color cars, they're, uh, they're more impulsive, they're more uh, apt to buy. Um, so they might have something that they want to sell as well. Those are the people that might have stuff that they don't want anymore, like a house. So um, there's like little tips and tricks that you learn along the way. You can tell who's a gatekeeper, you can tell it's just, you learn to read it as you, I mean, I did it every day for like three years. So uh, you learn, you learn who's, who, can, who you can talk to. You learn when you're wasting your time at a house. Like if there's no cars there, why bother knocking there? Um, if it doesn't look like the house is alive at that moment, don't bother. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of tips and tricks that you pick up along the way. So. Awesome. I those some real gems right there. Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. All right, let's see, what's the next one? They're not, you know, I'll write a book about it probably one day. That's right. Um, 
the next question is, what can you do if you can't get the seller to, to the price that you want? So if you're trying to, if they're asking 50 and you need to be at 40, you really just can't make that connection. Um, I think probably add to that one. Well, yeah, let's say you're, you have, you should always have a pool of leads that you're working and a high percentage of them are not going to come to the price that you need. You're going to do all your homework, your calculations, and you're going to say, all right, I need to be at this particular price, and you've thrown all your negotiation tricks, trips, tips and tricks at them. I had a problem saying that. Yeah, I was going to say. And you can't get them where you need them to be. Well, in that scenario, first off, you need to make sure that all your leads are in a follow-up sequence. So even if you couldn't get them to where you need them to be in that conversation, there's a planned future conversation where you can try again. Time can change all kinds of situations where someone's adamant and saying no now, um, they might say yes later. But the other thing is, Looking at it from a creative standpoint, can you, instead of negotiate uh, a cash deal at a particular lower price, can you do an owner finance deal? Do they have a mortgage on the property that you can turn it into a sub two deal, talk some sub two uh, terms, and wholesale <coughs> it that way? So kind of looking at it from uh, an outside perspective and looking at different options uh, in which you can still make the lead a viable lead uh, is something to be looking for and, and uh, one thing that I like to do a lot is uh, I just straight out ask them if we're that close, if we're with 10, 000, within $10,000 and they're just not budging and you can't budge anymore, maybe a couple more grand, um, You, I just straight out ask them, what can I do to make this deal work? What can I do on my end to make you happy? That's a powerful work? question. You should be writing that down if you're not using it. Yeah, and you should be writing everything down actually. So. <laughs> No, but yeah, if you're if you just ask them straight out, what can I do to get this deal done? Hey, maybe their kids don't have any friends, and you can take your kids to their kids' birthday party, and they want they get the deal done. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know what they want. We don't know what would make them happy. So I just straight out ask them, Hey, what can I do to get get you happy? We're not that far off. You know, it sounds like we can probably come to a middle ground or some other sort of agreement that is going to make everybody happy. And a lot of the times, they will tell you how to close them. They will tell you exactly what's going to make them happy, so you can you can do that as well. Uh, well, the one thing I would add is I found out and kind of got this from you guys. I mean, you can easily drop them off ten grand in the first conversation. Um, you know, you'll you'll ask all these questions about the property. You kind of already know about the area. They'll give you a price, and then right away I ask them, okay, but if we need an all cash offer, a closing cost, then what? What's the lowest you take? 90% of the time they come down like 10 grand. I'm like, oh, I'm 85, okay, but what if it was all cash? Oh, uh, I'd do 75. And then just like that, you already work 10 grand to come down. That just puts you even more closer. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask those questions because a lot of people are are scared. So if you need to get them down to a lower price, just, just hit them with it. Just straight out tell them, this is what I can do, and this is, this is, this is how we can get this deal done. You'd be surprised how much approval honestly works. So, yeah. I like that. Um, I like the flow Yeah, I like that. I like that. Especially with that Star Wars stuff in the beginning. Is that what put you in the right frame that's of what, mind? That's what put me in the mood, yeah. Uh, I can't wait. we got about, what, nine more days till the next one comes out? Or eight more days? Keeping track. Uh, it's on the 15th. It comes out on the 15th. What's today? Are you going to wear a costume or anything? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> I'm going to take a photo. I need to see. 
lightsaber. I'm gonna make my girl wear a costume too. Yeah. I used to have a replica lightsaber. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I had to get rid of it when I was super broke, but it was. Uh, you cried that day. I did. I did. I did a little because. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm reminded every day about it. But no, it was pretty cool. It was a blue one. I wanted the double-sided red one, but uh, that one was a little more expensive. So. But anyways, enough about my Star Wars obsession. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. What is a reasonable expectation for profit on a not on a wholesale deal? That that one's easy. So when people, okay, there's a couple different answers. Actually. Your first doing the deal, making any profit is a reasonable expectation. You make five hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, thousand dollars. Be happy with it. What you don't want to do is be looking at all these different Facebook groups and these people with their twenty thousand, sixty thousand dollar checks feel inadequate because you didn't do that. What you need to do is be grateful for the accomplishments that you achieved. Doing your first one, two, three, four, five deals or so. Just be happy that you're you're coming into this. You're figuring out the equation. This is not an easy business. Uh, beyond that, uh, just a, a good average is probably three to five grand. If you're doing that on a consistent basis, that's a pretty good uh, starting point. And that's something to be to be happy with. And then what you want to be looking at is more you want to be looking at more consistency rather than uh, fees. Uh, that's something you want to focus on too, the amount of the fee. But the consistency is important because if you're consistent, then you can always improve your negotiation skills. You can improve the type of leads that you're going after. Increase those fees, and uh, that pairs really well with the, with the consistency you've already established. Yeah, I remember. Uh a couple, you know, when I first started wholesaling, I was trying to negotiate like $1,500 deals, $1,000 deals just to walk away, hopefully, you know, and um, now I'm negotiating, now I'm making six, $7,000 checks, $8,000 checks, things like that, you know, potentially negotiating even more than that. Um, and, and it comes with time, so in the very beginning, you know, you might get lucky and get a $10,000 fee, $15,000 fee, but realistically you want to even take even the little ones because that not only not only creates consistency but you're practicing more when you're negotiating and practicing more not only that but your buyers will know that you're consistently putting out deals so that's that's a that's a big that's a big deal and that will also help increase your fees your buyers willing to pay more for a good deal that you've got um, and uh, those you touched on those sixty thousand dollar fees that you see on those Facebook groups I found out that a lot of those are really just double closes, so it's not really like the assignment fee, it's just like yeah, a, a lot of those close, checks so. are kind of fabricated. Like yeah, a, especially like your flippers, they'll post a check and like, oh yeah, look at what I made. Reality is that's just what they took out home when they closed, but that doesn't even take into account all their rehab costs, all their holding costs, all these other fees, and their real, they might have a $60,000 check, but their real take home was maybe like eight grand. You're like, hey man, those, those yeah, dollar those signs. How do you negotiate those sixty thousand dollar fees? I mean, it's not <laughs> impossible to walk away with a sixty thousand dollar fee. I'm not saying that they're all fake, but most of the time, I reached out to a couple of those people and they were like, oh, it's a double close, or you know, I, you know, I, I picked it up, I contracted at forty, and I double closed it for sixty. At the end, they walk away with a sixty thousand dollar check, but they really only profit at twenty or five or ten or whatever. Don't measure yourself against other people. Measure yourself against what you're doing. Right. 
So and a good and a good expectation also is if you follow just the formula, most investors want to pick up at 75 percent ARV. If you're negotiating at 65 percent ARV minus rehab, you're going to make that 10 percent spread. So it's, it's it's that's a that's pretty reasonable. That's a pretty rule of thumb. That's a pretty good rule of thumb there. So that's what I would say on that. What about, uh, so now it's a fun question. Yeah, now we so have a fun question. What's that? No, now we're doing the fun one. Yeah, you're like, you're like three steps behind. Yeah. We throw out real estate. Warriors ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Warrior ahead for the next show, right? Yeah. Uh, so this, this is a fun question. We've had uh, some fun questions out there that have nothing to do with real estate. So what's this one? Uh, this one, the one we've chosen is, this is going to be one of my favorites because I'm a big boy. What is your comfort food? So, <laughs> I like food, man. I like food. There's a lot of that one was kind of tough for me, but I've, I've got an idea of what my comfort food is. But I'm the last. <laughs> my comfort food? Yeah, let's start with you. What food do you like? One food I can eat any time of the day, and every day is probably like pizza. Pizza? I can eat pizza anytime. Pizza. Like everyone else I could have sworn you were going to say Bill Miller's because I see you with that <laughs> like three, true. four, five times a week. I, I swear Bill Miller's serving pizza now. Bill Miller's yeah. awesome, but probably, I mean, pizza, I eat that anytime. Peter Piper's, Caesar's, anything. What, who's the best pizza maker? Uh, I know, uh, Peter Piper's. Peter Piper's? Because really? you want to play all the games. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to work off these calories. You know, my, my favorite, uh, yeah, that's just going to really gonna work all calories. Shooting the basketball, that's what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of. Have you been to? Uh, I think it's called Goomba's Pizzeria. It's over off of Vice and West. It's near. Show my house. You see It's like an actual pizzeria. It's not like video game pizza. Yeah, like it's a video game pizza. Not video game pizza. Like oh, is it? Oh, okay, cool. That's a good one. I like that. I think you'll have many people that agree. What's, real quick, what's better, Chicago style or New York style? I think Chicago. Chicago? Okay. I've had both and I Chicago. Chicago style? Okay, yeah. Chi-town? Chi-town. The Windy City. Windy City. Uh, for me, let's see. Actually, to be honest, I really like sushi. sushi. I like, uh, especially if you, uh, there's some good spots here in town. I like, uh, let's see, let's see. Go die off of West Africa. Yellowfish, yeah, that one's high rated. Yellowfish is one by my apartment. I was looking at it yesterday. I think that's the one. Yeah? Oh, the new one? The one on Morsebach? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I saw it and I was like, yellowfish? Sushi. But uh, the sushi I like is the big, like, the big pieces of raw fish, like the sashimi. Oh. Yeah, I gotta do, if, I, if it comes to sushi, I gotta do the cooked stuff, man. I gotta do, like, oh, really? the tempura rolls and all that stuff. If there's, like, too many ingredients, I'm California rolls. Yeah, California rolls. I saw one at uh, HEB the other day. It was like three different rolls, and one of them was like covered in flaming hot crumbs, like flaming hot Cheetos. And I said, "Wow, I'm getting that." And it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I ate a lot of spicy food. I've been eating jalapeno since I was two. So, <laughs> what's the definition of hot? Uh, right, so, what's your comfort food? Mango habanero is pretty up there. For yeah, we need like a drum roll. Yeah, right. It's actually not that special. It's Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> not for
from anywhere else. It's got to be popular. I don't like churches. KFC is all right, but Popeyes? Huh? Oh, Bill I don't like Bill Miller's. I just don't like. I don't like Bill Miller's. I don't like Taco Bell, and I don't like Mama Marty's. No, Whataburger is a treasure. Like, like Whataburger is. Bill Miller's is more San Antonio, but I just. So why Popeyes? Is it the breading? Is it the flavor? Do they do? I think I think it's I think it's the the way they I think it's the way they fry the chicken like just the chicken itself it's always real tender and juicy it's never really dry and it's got a, this, the, the the crispy has a lot of flavor the, the fries crispy, are good yeah that's what I call it the crispy the fries the crispy has a lot yeah the crispy has the fries are delicious mashed potatoes red beans and rice and uh, I could literally eat Popeyes every day yeah actually. The first time I went to the Popeyes by my apartment when me and Robin first moved in, um, I went there. It was the first time I went there. We were making chicken and waffles. It was like 10 in the morning, and I went in and I ordered some uh, some uh, an eight-piece chicken strip by itself, no sides, no drink. And I pull up to the window. The guy's like, eight-piece chicken strip, no sides, no drink, no dips, no nothing. And I go, yeah. And he's like, it's 10 in the morning. I was like, yeah, it is. And he goes. You guys are making chicken and waffles, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we are. And he's like, cool. And so he handed me the thing. I was like, that guy knew exactly what we were doing. So he's I like, guess we weren't the, the only you're ones. You the third one this, this morning. Yeah, tell me about it. I think I was the first one in line that morning because oh, really? I opened at 10, like 9.45. You got the freshest so. batch. Yeah. Like, it was, I just love Popeyes. It's so good. It's so good. So I know how to make, how to make you happy. Yeah. That, bring you a bucket from uh, Popeyes and a, and a lightsaber, preferably in the Double the double-sided, the double-sided lightsaber, yeah, or the purple one. I can do the purple. Oh, purple, one. The good second. Purple's my second favorite color. Yeah. So. Well, that was good. Yeah, that was good about fun. that. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. Fried chicken. I think that's what I'm gonna get right now. <laughs> hey, well, we appreciate you watching. This has been the fifth episode. We are on a roll. We are knocking out good insights. If you have uh, your questions, you have a problem you're trying to get over, submit your questions to us. We <laughs> want to answer them for you. And fun questions too. It doesn't all have to be about real estate. Yeah, they can be personal questions. They can be. Uh, just no, really I don't know how life. personal you want to get with some of us. Yeah, I've had a weird life, so. <laughs> but yes, thank you for watching. Thanks. Hey, how's it going? My name is Aaron Perez. I'm with Hilco Homes. I'm an acquisitions partner with Hilco Homes. Uh, Hilco Homes is actually a wholesaling company here in San Antonio. Uh, our main goal is to become a national wholesaling company, but not just national, a national wholesaling company for apartment complexes. That's what our end goal is. And for everybody on the team to become an investor and to have our own portfolio with our own investments. Um, doing this video because uh, we're looking to hire some people and the reason I'm doing this video is because when I was doing it by myself, um, I was actually kind of lost. I was at HEB for 12 years and then I just basically quit my job and I was trying to do the wholesale thing on my own and I was, I was lost. I, wasn't, I, was, I was trying to keep busy, but I only knew one way of keeping busy. I didn't know all these other things that I could be doing to generate more leads or to generate more buyers. And so I was kind of lost and so Marco, uh, kept on reaching out to me and kept wanting me to join this team and I kept telling them no I didn't want to no I didn't want to because I'm sure like a lot of you guys out there you want to do your own thing right you don't want you just want to have your own your own thing going on 
um, well, Marco was, Marco was very persistent in getting me to join, and I finally sat down with them, talked with them, and I liked everything that Marco had said. I liked his vision for the company, and his vision was about the same as my vision, you know, to, to help other people and to help other people grow. And in order to help other people grow, I have to help myself, right? So I have to help myself grow so that I can teach other people. And so now that I've joined Hilco, it was the best decision because I'm with a group of individuals who have a lot of knowledge and I'm not having to pay $10,000 or $20,000 to go to these seminars. You know, with Hilco, there's a lot of knowledge that's there and knowledge is powerful and, 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 and I'm with some great people and I've learned a lot just joining Hilco. The biggest thing you need to understand is that you're not working for anybody. Guys, this is, this is a team, we're with a team. And so I guess I'm with the team and I don't feel like like I have a boss, because I don't. I'm with a team, I have a team, and and so I still feel like that I'm being, I'm getting to where I need to get to because of their knowledge and their help. So uh, with that being said, guys, um, if, you, if you're interested in, in real estate, you're interested in wholesaling, um, and, and you're, you're passionate about doing it, and you're not afraid to, of rejection, you're not afraid of giving up, uh, we're looking for individuals right now. We're, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're looking for some people so, you know, like us on Facebook at Hilco Homes uh, Facebook page, send us a message. You can send me a personal message and uh, we'll reach out to who we need to reach out to to see about getting you an interview. Thanks, guys.